Praise God. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, He's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will they realize people need the Lord? People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, He's the open door. All people need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will they realize people need the Lord? Praise be to God. Hallelujah. God is good. I'd like you to turn to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, and uh, I'd like to split up the verses of that chapter, and we will have someone read Proverbs 19, 1 through 15, and someone else 16 through 29. Please read extra slowly, we want to really hear the word, and... Uh, you can read it loud enough, and uh, if you have a good connection, that is, I'd like to hear the word read to us. Proverbs 19, 1 to 15, and the next person, uh, 16 to 29, please. NLT version verses 1 to 15 better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool enthusiasm without knowledge is no good haste makes mistakes people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Wealth makes many friends. Poverty drives them all away. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. Many seek favors from a ruler. Everyone is is a friend of a person who gives gifts. The relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. 
a false witness will not go unpunished and a liar will be destroyed it isn't right for a fool to live in luxury or a slave to rule over princes sensible people control their temper they earn respect by overlooking wrongs the king's anger is like a lion's roar but his favor is like dew on the grass a foolish child is a calamity to a father a quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping fathers can give their sons as inheritance of houses and wealth but only the lord can give an understanding wife lazy people sleep soundly but idleness leaves them hungry praise god praise the lord uh, proverbs 19 nkjv version started he who keeps the commandment keeps his soul but he who is careless of his ways will die he who has pity on the poor lends to the lord and he will pay back what he has given chasten your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction a man of great wrath will suffer punishment for if you rescue him you will have to do it again listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days there are many plans in a man's heart nevertheless the lord's counsel that will stand what is desired in a man is kindness and a poor man is better than a liar the fear of the lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction he will not be visited with evil a lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again strike us offer and the simple will become wary rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge he who mistreats his father and chases away his mother a son who causes shame and brings reproach cease listening to instruction my son and you will stray from the words of knowledge a disreputable witness scorns justice and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the back of fools praise god praise god didn't want to stop uh, yamani from reading there quite a bit of noise there i know it's evening there in india i think a lot of children are playing um glad she got to read against those odds but i'd like someone to read it please uh again from 16 to 29 let's hear it one more time maybe it'll be a little bit clearer i'm sorry pastor i did not realize that i got used to it yes yes that's okay Emily. no problem someone else you can just read it over so we can hear it again praise god it's always good to hear the word again 16 to 29 16 to 
Proverbs 19 NKG version. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he was given. Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment, for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Listen to counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. What is desired in a man is kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Strike a scoffer and the simple will become weary. Rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge. He who mistreats his father and chases away His mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A disreputable witness scorns justice, and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. Praise Lord. Praise be to God. So straightforward. Many of these scriptures, especially in the book of Proverbs, just to hear them is so refreshing because it directs us against all of the common things that people hold dear. And uh, the principles by which people live Who would think that it's better to be poor and honest than to be rich and a liar or be dishonest or be wicked? Who would think such a thing in today's world? What sells and what is preached and what is received by the world with the world's media, the world's motivational speakers, all the values of this world, time and time again, people fall into the same pit. Generations where money becomes God. And they forfeit sound discretion. They do not receive the truth from God that says that the character matters more than a person's possessions. The Lord Jesus said, man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. 
What does the world say? Exactly contrary to what the Lord says. How can a young person growing up battle all of these very powerful forces, evil forces in this world, telling them what to do, what to go after, how to look for or look out for number one, numero uno, which of course everyone knows, the world says it's you, me. I have an agenda and I have things to do and people to see. Why? Because I want to make a nice nest for myself and have a nice comfortable pad and be able to gain, gain, gain. And even in my social interactions, the eye is always on the prize. What's in it for me? This is exactly the antithesis or opposite to what Jesus taught and lived. There's another agenda for the child of God. It's living an honest life, an upright life, things that are foreign to this fallen world. How refreshing to hear the Word of God. To know, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, and this is what I'll do, and this is how I will live. Here I stand, I can do no other. I don't want any other life because the other ways of existing are lies. Started. And they take people into a tremendous trap of the enemy. A cobweb, an entanglement of sorrows and woes. Going after the gold, after the money. Going after possessions. Going after careers and all such things. What does the Christian do? Go to the feet of the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord, do you want me to pursue this career? Lord, do you want me to acquire this item? Lord, what is it that you want in my house? Lord, will you furnish my house? Show me what to get with what you provide. What a different way of living and thinking. I dare say not only from the world, but many, many Christians... Many Christians think you can jump on the boat called salvation and play cards on that ride and gamble on that ride, dance away on that ride, and you'll get to your destination. Not so. With the vehicle of salvation, we have to abide under the rules of the captain of our salvation, Lord Jesus Christ. person that says I've got, an, I've got a ticket for this Amtrak train ride across the country. Have it all figured out. Maybe a little on the expensive side, but it's going to be traveling in style. I don't have to worry about driving and gas and stopping here and there. I can just relax. The person forks up that money however much it may be, maybe $500, $700 to go across the country, make some other connections along the way. An expensive train ride, but well worth it. In the eyes of the buyer, the traveler, the passenger, can that person get that ticket and get on the train, begin to smoke away and kick at the doors, 
start fires because he or she has the ticket. Yesterday we talked about a fireman rescuing someone far from a destructive inferno. That person gets rescued out of that fire, makes no sense whatsoever for that same individual to be a pyromaniac, have a disorder, an urge, an impulse, a satanic move to start fires. Been rescued from the fire, but has to start fires again. Be a danger to himself or herself and others. Similarly, a person that buys that ticket on the train ride cannot say, I have the ticket now. Everything is all well and good. I can do whatever I want on the train. I can walk on my hands upside down right to the cabin of the engineer, begin to kick on the door and say, hello, peekaboo. And along the way, knock some tables down. They begin to do graffiti on every seat on the train. Why? Because I have the ticket. I'm on the way to my destination, I can do whatever I want. We'd say, well, that's a very foolish person. There's some parents this morning, they'll say, if that were my boy or my girl, my child, they get such a spanking and such a grounding. They will never forget it for the rest of their lives. What folly. What a gross dishonor to the family name, to my name. And yet parents can grossly dishonor God's name. We as adults. And the Proverbs helps us to keep sound wisdom and discretion. For example, it's written as we read, the discretion of a man, a sensible person, overlooks wrong. And it's to his glory or her glory to let it go. What does the world teach? What does the flesh teach? Do not let it go. Hold that person a prisoner in your own heart. Never, ever forgive that person. That's something you don't do to me or my family, mister. I'm going to hold you accountable and hold you hostage. I go to the grave. I'll forgive everybody in the world, but not you. That's the voice of the devil, and people listen. How many of us have listened to that before we became born again, or before we really surrender to the Lord? Try to take him as Savior, but not as Lord, which is impossible. Out of his goodness, he did rescue us. We had no living relationship because we did not keep his word. The Lord said, the one that keeps my word is the one that loves me, that really lives in me, truly. The others are outside. They do not live with me. They cannot go with me, be with me. We learn the simple truth that it's to the glory of an individual to let it go and forgive not only give people the benefit of the doubt, but even when there's no doubt that the person is malicious, the Lord Jesus said, Peter, not seven times in a day, but 70 times seven. 
not merely a mathematical equation of 490 times with unlimited forgiveness for the one who repents according to the Gospel of Luke. We find it very hard to deal with such commandments from God if we are not in the mold of the true believer, but rather an imposter in a false mold, such as a passenger on the Amtrak train, saying, I've got the salvation, I've got the ticket to my destination, I can do whatever I please, and if I should cause a train wreck because I began to pound on the engineer's door while doing a handstand, thumping on that door, plummeting that door with blows from my feet, distracting the driver, the engineer, and causing a wreck. Come outside, standing right side up on my feet, and say, well, how in the world did that happen? And when are we going to get to our destination? We think that's ridiculous and the height of folly. Proverbs warns us that we can ignore sound wisdom. There's another verse we read. It's the one who loves his or, own, his, his or her own soul that embraces wisdom and rejects folly. The one who doesn't love his or her own soul hates himself or herself, refuses wisdom. Just imagine a very, very venerable, experienced, compassionate father or grandfather sitting there on the rocking chair, perhaps, maybe 80, 90, 100 years old, gathering the children, the grandchildren, maybe great-grandchildren, and saying, children, it is to the glory of a human being pass over insults and offenses. Be wise. I won't say to you, my dear children, grandchildren, great children, imagine that man sitting there in the rocking chair, imparting final words of wisdom. To say, I'm not only teaching you not to fight any and every battle that comes your way, pick and choose your battles wisely, conserve your energy. Not only that will I say, but I'll say, avoid battles, period, when it has to do with personal offenses. Forgive and move on. What a world of freedom that will open up to the believer who will listen to God's instructions. God is so good. He loves us too much to watch us destroy ourselves and do nothing about it. Unlike many human beings who say, well, it's not my problem. You made your bed, now go lie in it. A hard attitude. There's a time to confront and there's a time to rebuke. However, the heart behind it should be love. And how can I bring this person to restoration I may speak a hard word in a sharp sermon. So did John the Baptist. So did Isaiah. So did the Apostle Paul. So did the living God, the Lord Jesus himself. 
while he's on the earth. But he's the same one who told the parable that the father did not go to where the prodigal was, but waited for the repentance to come. But he also said, leaves the 99 to get the one. God is interested in restoration and recovery. And it takes a compassion that is beyond our human understanding to partner with the Lord and yield ourselves and say, Lord God, what you have done for me, help me to have done for others by bringing people to you. First of all, I need to get over this thing about they insulted me and he or she offended me. Not only will I be a spiritual dwarf and stunted in my growth, I'll become a positive danger and hindrance to the kingdom of God and souls. I will become a partner with the devil if I don't get rid of my anger and pride. It's to the glory, it's an honor, it's God's divine wisdom that tells you and me this morning, you and I too, Overlook. Let it go. Graduate. Graduate from the kindergarten stage of it's mine and I will fight you for my crayons and take you down if I have to to get those crayons. Graduate to elementary school and say it's not good to fight. Let's use some words. And then the words are very, very sharp and unnecessarily colorful and damaging. No fists, but the words are just as damaging, if not more. Then we graduate to junior high and say, I won't fight with my fist and I won't use such quote-unquote colorful words. I try to work it out by reasoning, but while I'm reasoning, I'm turning blue and red and all kind of colors in the face, puffing and puffing, clenching the fist, my heart is racing, blood pressure has gone up. We graduate to high school, we say, well, I know it says it's to the glory of an individual to pass over transgression. Now, I'm not going to fight with my fist and I'm not going to curse with my mouth and put somebody down, try to provoke them to a fight or contention. Neither am I going to use reasonable words and still blow my top and have all kinds of strange feelings and sensations within myself because of the anger that's within. Apparently cannot be concealed. Graduate to the university. Say, Lord, I want freedom in my soul by strict obedience to your word. If it's to the glory of an individual to pass over the transgression, surely it's not a superficial transaction you're looking for. From the heart, I want to forgive. Oh, Lord, sometimes it's hard. I say, Lord, teach me, school me, Lord. Remind me how hard it could have been for you, Lord, to forgive a scoundrel like me. 
truth be told, we may well have to say such a statement to the Lord in order for us to come down from our pride, be humble, be able to forgive other people. It's when we have a self-righteous attitude and think that we are better than we actually are and forget where we came from and what God did for us and we begin to pick and choose who we would like to have bow down to us, when and where. The one who loves his soul or her soul will say, I can't live like this. I've got to live a life of forgiveness. I received so much forgiveness from God and people. It's true. Some of us can say, I don't understand how people could forgive me. Then again, it's God working in the people to let me go free. How good God has been to us. How we ought to forgive. And it's a deadly disease, unforgiveness. It's a disease that is very easily transmissible. There's another scripture that says, don't go with a furious man, an angry person, because you will end up learning his ways and become an angry fool yourself. That's the import of that verse. We want to be people who are peaceable and gentle and forgiving. There's some women that are very quick-tempered. The slightest thing can make them just go off and start to boil inside and begin to seek vengeance and all. Evil and hell breaks out and they struggle. They think, I don't like this, but I can't help it. Well, God can help you. There's some men... I know all about it from personal experience years ago. Hold that grudge and for days be a total mess inside and think it's the right thing to do because how else are they going to learn their lesson that they can't do this to me? God is uncovering and helping us to check ourselves this morning to see whether we're altogether different than we used to be. Or we still have pockets of reserve for droplets of anger and vengeance and fury that are dangerous for our spiritual lives, our lives. Come to the Lord and say, Lord, your Proverbs hit me like a cannonball. I want it to be a wrecking ball to come and just demolish any false structures I've erected with pretty religious exteriors. I want all the stuff that has mold, mildew, termites to come down. I want a brand new structure. Lord, help me. That's the only way to benefit from reading Proverbs. To look at every commandment, every principle and say, Lord, I either have this or I don't. And I want to come clean, Lord. I, I don't have this. I don't have it altogether. I want it. I want it. If you seek after wisdom, call her your sister. Seek after her as for a hidden treasure. You'll find her. You'll be in the way of genuine blessing and profit 
you'll be safe. We read another verse which stated that it's the fear of the Lord that tends to life. It keeps us from snares. Whoever has it abides satisfied and shall be protected or free from visitation of evil, from the snares of evil, from these traps. The book of Proverbs from chapter 1 to 31 have many, many, as many, many pithy sayings, these short sayings full of force to show us our hearts as they are and to lead us to the green pasture and beside the still waters where there's no volcano inside of us while we're trying to be a Christian on the outside. What a freedom to love. You say, Lord, I want your love to be not just a little measure in me, but perfected in me. I want to take every verse, every word I hear, make it my own, and not be settled until it is mine fully. By virtue of my concentration and attention given to it with prayer and obedience. I want to keep this word, Lord. We mentioned yesterday one of the simplest things to do with something that we may be, quote-unquote, struggling with, have a hard time obeying. To go through the Bible with a concordance, index of words and phrases, topics and themes, and begin to sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus like Mary, really take time, understanding this means everything, more important than anything in the world, to go through the Bible and say, Lord, how many verses have you given me in the Bible? 1,189 chapters, 31,000 plus verses. How many verses on anger, oh Lord? Do you know what? You may have a hard time seeing the perfection that God sees will happen in you by His awesome power and His love when you cooperate with Him and take His word seriously. Spend more time and do what you are advised to do. But as you go through the scriptures and pick out every single scripture, write it in a notebook, record it, say it out loud, make it your own on anger, every single scripture, and every single scripture on peace, including the scriptures in the Proverbs. I don't want to have fellowship with an angry person, and I surely don't want to be angry and pass that off to other people. Anger can be contagious just a sphere and make a decision I'm going to go through the scriptures I want to deal with this fear insecurity around people it's not right but I'm living with it for years even as a Christian Lord I got to get this out of my system it's not from you why am I carrying the devil's wares his package with me 
You said the righteous are bold as a lion. It's the wicked that flees when no man pursues. Also in the Proverbs. We go through the scriptures on the very things that we are, are having a hard time understanding and obeying. You find tremendous stamina and strength rising up. Because you're actually savoring the word of God, taking time and ingesting it. You're digesting it. It's building your spiritual power, your muscles. And you're able to be alert for any outbreak of a temptation to blow your top. Become angry. And you find that things that used to make you angry all of a sudden have lost their power to provoke you to destructive reaction. There's a supreme peace because love is flowing. Hallelujah. Because the one in whom the word of God dwells, in him verily or truly, is the love of God perfected. It's written in the epistles of John. Over and over again in different words. How beautiful and how simple you would have gone to school as a little child. Whereas I grew up for a short time in India. Some of you maybe from Haiti and other places. Maybe the Philippines. Perhaps like me, when you were very young, you didn't have pen and pencil and paper. But you had a convenient thing called a slate and a chalk. You're able to write on that and learn some basic arithmetic, basic alphabet. Then there are times in which you used a notebook, paper and pen. What do we tell the children and what we, were we taught? Show up to class. Go to school. And you know what you do? You don't go there and tell the teacher, I think this and I think that. We live in a very foolish age where children are given so much authority that the teachers are afraid. Similar things happen in the home. But it's not God's way. The children that learned good morals and proper character behavior and good interpersonal skills and politeness and received and benefited from the instruction without the aid of all the technology that we have today they're able to develop into good citizens and good listeners because they didn't go there to tell the teacher what they thought they went there to simply listen and carefully study and reproduce what they received on the exam and they're able to graduate to the next grade and build on that instruction to receive more knowledge on the subject, become a skilled laborer or a technician, a doctor or a lawyer, whatever. Instead of sitting there arguing like a talk show with the teacher, no direct instruction was given. We come to the Lord just like a little child. So Lord, could it be that simple? I thought, I need to get counseling for this from the world. I thought I have to go through 59 sessions, Lord, to learn how to control my temper. I thought that some things just won't go. You have to carry it with you for life and try to offset that by doing some good deeds. 
and praying more. We can live in a house baking some tremendously delicious aromatic cakes and cookies, pastries. Just fills the whole house with tremendous aroma. Just causes people to turn their heads and walk toward the kitchen. Try to partake of some of those dainties. Or cook a savory meal with fried chicken and all those things that just makes the person's stomach get ready. And yet have the stinking garbage right in the center of that kitchen. Try to cover up that putrid odor with the baked good smell and the delicious meals. Stench this just does total injustice to the good that we try to do. Such is the nature of a believer who has not crucified the flesh. Not only immorality, but outbursts of anger. And there's some volcanoes that are visible for everybody to see. Spewing and bellowing smoke and fire, liquid fire. Spitting it up. Very dangerous and cataclysmic sight. Strikes terror in the hearts of the residents and people because it is so destructive, so dangerous. Other volcanoes you can't see on the outside, but there are tremendous eruptions happening inside. It's just a matter of time before it's manifested. And so those who are scientists who deal with that, they pick up on these things just like tremors beneath the earth before a massive earthquake, and they warn people to get out while there's time. The Proverbs are there to encourage us, to bless us, to tell us how to benefit and prosper and profit the way God wants us to, but also to warn us there's a volcano getting ready to erupt in your soul. It's going to cause so much damage. Let's get rid of that, even though it's not manifest fully before destruction happens. It's God's goodness, isn't it? Isn't it a loving parent that sees the kind of nature the child or children have and sees a, a child a little dishonest and catches that early and says, you know, this child is going to become a criminal. Whether they commit highway robbery or white-collar crimes, it's all one and the same. I don't want my child becoming a criminal. I don't want my child becoming a doctor or a PhD or a successful businessman, businesswoman, my daughter, and doing things that are deceptive while having a big smile, dressed fancily. Oh, no, 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 no. Better to be poor and honest the wisdom of God is sticking with me as a parent and I don't want a false life for my child and I'm going to drive it out of that child. Not by pummeling the child with blows, by giving the word, 
the instruction that is firm and then depending on the age where spanking is necessary some taps here and there, some grounding some, con some consequences to make sure the child knows I mean business and this won't happen in this house or in your life catching their little foxes where they cause the wall to come down we see the wisdom very very clearly when we get to parents children but I wonder if we can see the wisdom of our Heavenly Father who's trying to correct us as adults we also read in this chapter that if you refuse counsel we're talking not about counseling sessions that continue ad infinitum seems forever and still it's not taken out whatever bad is there but the counsel of the Lord the Word of God the direct instruction from heaven directly from the Creator who knows all about me and who can fix me take that directly that counsel refused means that I love death and I hate my own self my life but if I embrace God's wisdom I love myself I want myself to be happy and make others happy to be a blessing as I'm blessed it's very very straightforward receive the counsel of God and you will live we touch on anger we touch on immorality we touched on offenses yesterday we can apply this to any vice any evil that we may be having a hard time getting out of our lives we can receive the instruction go to God and cry in his presence and then get to work write down these scriptures I don't care if it's a thousand verses on anger someone says oh my that's so much I wonder how much ink and paper and I don't know if it's going to cause carpal tunnel syndrome better to have carpal tunnel syndrome if you don't believe in healing that God can protect you from it better to have that and end up in heaven than to not have carpal tunnel syndrome and end up in hell that's how important and critical it is to pay attention to God's Word and take it seriously as we often say if someone were to be called from the job then if you show up at 3 a.m. today instead of 7 a.m. you get a thousand dollar bonus today there'll be people who will not even sleep maybe for days salivating over that extra thousand dollars what they can do with it and make it they'll drink five cups of coffee whatever they need to do hit themselves on the face to keep awake on the way to work come home with the bacon come home with that thousand dollars extra when it comes to our souls we need to have at least as much desire and commitment and vision to know this is so worth it I don't care if it's a thousand verses on immorality if there's a problem with flirtation and having adulterous eye it'll destroy 
you and your family generations. The Bible says in Proverbs 6 and 7 that reproach will not be wiped away. Be a generation of curse. Got to crucify it and destroy it. Get it out. It's top priority. I don't care if it's 5,000 verses. How to be kind to people and not get angry and be vengeful. If you understand what's at stake, your own soul, that of others, you'll happily do it. It doesn't matter if you have to buy 15 notebooks, 20 pens, and spend 50 hours on this, or 500 hours. When I was looking at guitar instruction, collecting all kinds of videos, at one time in my life, because I was so ambitious, wanting to learn from the best, and get the best. I remember one individual who's a prominent Christian artist, as they called him, for many years. In his training video for learning guitar, he said, let me tell you, it doesn't come easy. Before you can get this particular fluency in your playing, in this area of guitar instruction, you need to play for at least 500 uh, hours. 500 hours for this particular skill. Now you think about how many weeks and months that translates to. If you give one hour, and how that multiplies if you give two hours, twice as much, maybe three hours. How much more for your soul? And when are you going to get started? Will you go through it and say, Lord, I thank you for the simple instruction. These are the areas, Lord, oh God, that I want to improve and change. And these are the things I want out of my life permanently. I want the beauty of Jesus to be seen in me. Flow through me, Holy Spirit. It comes to the Word of God and the divine power. In the Word of God, I want that medicine. I want to be in it. I want to find out where I need to go, use that concordance, pour over the scriptures day and night, and say, Lord, this year is the year when this volatile temper, this uh, volcano that seemed to be hidden, will be remedied and gotten rid of once and for all. Do you know people have that experience? There comes a time in which they have an encounter from the Holy Spirit that there's a tremendous change that they can't even recognize themselves and others also who know them from before how gentle and how loving and forgiving and forbearing because the person took it seriously they yielded themselves to the spirit of God and the word of God one of the ways in which we can accelerate this and have it done permanently is by pouring over the scriptures on that particular topic go through the scriptures on the very thing that you have a hard time with. Maybe it'll be five, seven things. You need to have thousands of pages and write and memorize, meditate, and say, Lord, as I take my vitamins every day and as I make sure I work out or have exercise, as I make sure I eat, Lord, I'm going to make sure I do this. My soul is more important than my body than anything else. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What can you give? Nothing. It's too precious. 
Therefore, guard your heart with all diligence. So out of it are the issues of what? Not just your career or your interpersonal relationships. Life. The entire life hinges upon the state of my heart, your heart. I need to get the word of God in it. In large quantities. Very frequently. With concentration. Write it down. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And encourage one another. In the body of Christ, in your own family, with your husband, your wife, or your son or your daughter. And say, let's work on this. Before I can teach you, I want to teach myself. That is a wise person. He's on the way. To glorious usefulness, utility in the kingdom of the master who distributes the talents. Those who are worthy and add more to those who prove themselves wise. Shall we pray? Blessed be the rock. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for showing us how we can make use of the Proverbs and the Word of God. Again, simply, Lord, by giving our complete attention, frequent attention, specifically to those areas that your Holy Word speaks of, to change us. Lord, you cause us to become born again through the Word. And it's through your Word that we become perfected as we yield to the Holy Spirit. Who broods over that Word and incubates it in our hearts to make it produce righteousness and true holiness. Thank you, Lord, for the holy golden standard of your Holy Word and your love draw us closer to you in prayer, in the word to be overcomers who will get to sit with you on your throne as you said in Revelation rejoicing forevermore with you Lord because we took your word seriously and we obeyed it thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord I thank you Lord for ministering your grace your healing Lord, your safety, Lord, and everyone's travel today, whoever has to travel. Lord, those who are in the home, to bless them, to spend time with you, oh, Father. To look at every opportunity of extra time as a priority to seek to invest more into our own souls, into your kingdom. Thank you for your wisdom, Lord. Jesus' precious name. Amen.